Welcome to Living Off the Land, the All Things Cleveland podcast, with your hosts, Ryan, Jordan, and Dan. Follow us on social media at the LOTL podcast. Forget first and 10. How about 41 to 16? Your Cleveland Browns, ladies and gentlemen, go into the the jungle, baby. And they did not die. In fact, the Bengals died. And the Joe Burrow overrated MVP campaign died today. Cleveland Browns 41, Cincinnati Bengals 16. I'm Dan, here with Steve. It's the LOTL Browns postgame show, and we are having a good time. The Browns literally just, like, took barrels of Skyline chili and just dumped it all <laughs> over the Bengals and, and then dashed it off with a big heaping pile of Grater's ice cream. Yep. Like, it, it was that great today. Yeah. <laughs> the Browns were the ice cream. The Bengals were the Skyline chili. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh... All you Baker Mayfield haters can uh, go suck on an egg. Uh, <laughs> all you uh, OBJ uh, defenders, um, get out of here. Not not to talk down on OBJ. I don't really care. I don't, you know, he's fine or whatever. But to think that Baker Mayfield was the problem for this team and this offense, I don't know where you guys go from here. So the people who are Baker, Baker haters um, – have the uh, nice slice of humble pie that he served you today. And not to say that Baker Mayfield was the number one reason the Browns won today. Uh, there certainly was a lot of other reasons why the Browns won, and we'll get into that. Namely, uh, I don't know how anybody gives their game ball to anybody other than the Browns secondary today. I mean, they were just absolutely incredible. I mean, the fir first star of the game was Denzel Ward. Absolutely. And then, you know, you could give second star of the game to uh, Troy John, Hill. Troy, Troy, <laughs> three sacks! Yeah, John Johnson had an interception. Greg Newsom had numerous you pass could, yeah, breakups. Yeah, you could make third star one of those two guys also. I, yes, I mean the the top three Browns cornerbacks I mean, played incredible today. I mean, just symbolically, I feel like giving it to Donovan Peoples Jones because of the whole yep. you know situation from this week. But I mean, that sixty yard touchdown wasn't that just sweet. See, oh. Seeing DPJ just burn the guy and going DPJ burning the guy touchdown. and then Baker putting it on a dot, just <sighs> right in stride, perfect touchdown, sixty yarder. Um, and then he had like the 35 yarder later in the game where he got, he got decked out of bounds and held onto the ball, mm. which was also, uh, incredibly impressive. And then Nick Chubb just being Nick Chubb. I mean, what more can you say about the guy? I, he was, ha he was having, he was having a, uh, a bit of a pedestrian day for his standards, uh, mainly because, and we'll get into this. I, hard, hard be it for me to criticize our head coach and our play caller when we score 41 points. But the second half, the play calling was a little bit weird to me, and we'll get into that. But, um, but then Nick Chubb rips off rips off that seventy yarder, and uh, that I, was that was all she wrote. I mean, that, that was literally dagger to the heart, right there. Yeah, that was. I mean, that was... I mean if if the if the DPJ long touchdown was a, a big body blow or a shot to the head, this was like you know, right, get out of here, right? Because the way that the second half started, the Browns got the ball first. I think they got one or two first downs, but then stalled at about midfield. Yeah, they punted. We the Browns, punted. Bengals took it, but like then, their own ten. Impressively enough, uh, the Browns made the Bengals punt on the very next uh, possession. Yeah, the Bengals did nothing. And then I think that's when Nick Chubb, Chubb hit yeah. that. It, so at, that, at that point, even though the Browns were up fourteen, you just had a feeling like, especially the way the Browns have have blown second half multi score leads this season. You think if, if if the Bengals could just make one play down 24-10 and get it to a one-score game, then, you know, things start to tighten up a lot. Would have been a far different game. I mean, because we've had and games, then, like you said, against Kansas City and L.A. LA where, yeah. you know, we had two touchdown leads in the second half and it went awry. So, yep. yeah. So, yeah. you know, and even even to a lesser extent, the Steeler game, we were up 10-3 to in the second half. Um, 
Man. Which seemed like a bigger lead than it really Which, was. Yeah, uh, sco- points were at a premium in that game, so the one touchdown lead felt like two scores. But um, you know, we we know how that game uh, ended last week. But but we're not here to talk about the past. We're here to talk about today. Well, and... this is the one time I'm going to bring this up. If there was one negative about today, it's that it made me feel even more pissed about last week. Oh yeah, because you. I mean, come on. The Bengals are at yeah. least as good as the Steelers, if not better. They've beaten the Steelers head to head. Yep. These two results just don't square. The Browns should have won last week, period. 100%. They also should have won uh, in Los Angeles. They also should have won in Kansas City. I mean, the reason why the Browns are not 7 Definitely should have won in Kansas City. The reason why the Browns are not 7-2 and two right now, and we're talking about being the number one seed in the AFC, is because we've blown those leads in, in fourth quarters. Yeah. And today, today we made it so there was no chance that we were going to blow any sort of lead. Mm-mm. Um, and that's I, what, that's the difference when you have a home run threat like Nick Chubb in the backfield. Yeah. I mean, that's just, hundred teams have that hundred I mean, percent. And, and one of the only other teams that did the Tennessee Titans, they just lost theirs for the rest of the season. So, yeah. and I, I lamented this last week. Um, the Browns had up until today had yet to play any sort of complimentary football. And what, what I explained, what I meant by that was, the Browns, it's always the offense plays well, the defense plays like crap. The defense like plays well, the offense plays like garbage, like last like week. Like Pittsburgh. Um, so, and then you had the games like Arizona where, where both sides of the ball were terrible. Yeah, so I guess there's complimentary football. They complimented themselves by playing like ass against Arizona. But today, you had the offense. Actually, it's, well, it started with the defense getting the pick six, which, hands up, man, I, I think both of us, Myself, I know, have been a little bit critical of Denzel Ward this year. The dude played the best game of his professional career today. It wasn't just the pick six. that He locked up Jamar Chase for the entire game. The, the, the same receiver who, up until today, was on pace to, to annihilate every single uh, rookie wide receiver record uh, this season. And... Not only was it the pick six, which he was on Jamar Chase on that, and he just undercut the route, and uh, Joey Jello Arm couldn't get the ball out there fast enough, so he was able to uh, undercut the route and take it back. But he had a number of pass breakups. Uh, very rarely was Jamar Chase ever open. Joe, Joe Burrow tried to force it to him like 12, 14 times today, and very rarely, the only time Jamar Chase was ever open was on like a short outbreaking route. Uh, where, because of scheme, our DBs were playing like off coverage. That's mm-hmm. the only time Jamar Chase ever got open. And this is a guy that's lit up everybody this year. I mean, the guy looked extremely ordinary. And, you know, the, 100%. this was the first time I'd really watched the Bengals this year. Like, you could have been fooled into thinking this was, like, I think early in the game, Tony Romo and Jim Nance were comparing him in the same breath to Tyreek Hill. And I was thinking to myself, what, are they crazy? And I mean, coming into the game, the guy know, the guy had 800, 800 yards receiving in the first eight games. I mean, he was on pace for seventeen hundred yards receiving as a rookie. I mean, I guess the guy just had a bad day, but like you know, credit to well, Denzel that, well, Ward. You yeah, know? Denzel Ward and Greg Newsom locked his and ass Greg up. Newsom. Yeah, I mean, you know, Denzel Ward's going to get all the love because of the pick six, and absolutely one hundred percent deservedly so. Greg Newsom was incredible today. The Browns, if Denzel Ward plays like this, the Browns have two lockdown corners, and one of them's a rookie. Greg Newsom has been awesome this year. He doesn't have the interceptions. Those will come, but he has been awesome this year. Awesome. He missed a couple games with a calf injury, but when he's been in there, awesome. Interesting you mentioned interceptions because what is the Browns' defense? And I don't even think the Browns' defense has played poorly the last few weeks. You know, they they did a decent job against Denver. They did a decent job against Pittsburgh. They Mm -hmm. did a great job today. Yeah. What is the one thing that before the day they weren't doing? Turning the ball over. Yeah, they weren't getting takeaways. Mm-hmm. They got three of them today. Second, second worst in the NFL, uh, only behind Jacksonville, who coming into this week only had two. The Browns and had five. The Browns got what three today? Two in the uh, three by my count. There were two in the first half. One was a pick six. The other was a uh, catch fumble that uh, ultimately right. led to a field goal. That's right. Which should have been another touchdown had it not been for a ridiculous third down call. You know, when oh. they decided to go with the option. <laughs> what was that? And then the other the other drive uh, after the other uh, interception, didn't we have it? Uh, we I think we had it third and goal from the one, and Dearness Johnson false started <laughs> and knocked us back. We had to kick a field goal on that one too. Um, yeah, I mean, the one the one thing coming out of this game that, that is probably a negative is the Browns have to clean up these penalties. 
How do you, you know, that's and especially what... the pre-snap penalties. That's all mental. Not the defense being... actually had a bunch of those today too. They, they had, had three, three on the opening drive. Line up offside. How do you not know how to line up? One of them was really bizarre because it was the first play of the drive. Cincinnati, we just kicked off to Cincinnati, and so they're on the twenty-five yard line. So you're on a solid white line, and Jadavion Clowney is across the line. It's like, huh? How do you not like like how do you like I? It's all mental too. Like like you have that. There's nothing physical about that. You're just you're not paying attention to where the line of scrimmage is, and you're just lining up wherever you want to. Like like when you line up. Look at look at where the ball is, and you look down the line. You're like, "Oh, I'm off sides," and back up a step. Like, I don't understand. They're but, just thinking of too many things at once, and they're not looking at the obvious. Maybe like, I, I don't. Maybe I don't know. For and for the first time, and I think ever, I don't think Miles Garrett had one of them. Usually, Miles Garrett's good for one of them because he tries to guess the snap count, guessing he, the timing, and he gets offside. He didn't have any today. Nah. And Miles had another sack and a half today, and I, you know he didn't have the strip sack or whatever we've lamented uh, over the last few weeks. About Miles, yeah, he leads the league in sacks, but where's like the game changing? Where's the where's the JJ Watt type play when he's in his prime in Houston, where JJ Watt would just sack, fumble, pick it up himself, and run it in for a touchdown? Where's that play from Miles Garrett? Miles had another sack and a half today, and I thought his actual his sack in the third quarter. I'll consider that a game changing play because the Bengals the Bengals were on the move. It was like I said, they were uh, they were trying to. Uh, bring it back to a one-score game, and that, that sack ended that drive. I, I mm. don't know if that was the drive before the Chubb touchdown. Tw- that would have been, yes. That would have been 24-10. The Bengals had gotten a first yeah. down. They were starting to move it a little bit. And I think that was sec- that was on second down, which made it a third and long, and then they weren't he able to pick up He just completely went around the guy like he wasn't even there. Yeah, I he mean, was he, was, awesome. he, he, was, he was in the backfield all game. Um, he was being held again all game. He actually got a holding call. Uh, today for the first time it's incredible that? but there was a play I don't know if I don't know if you uh noticed it there was a play where the tight end and the left tackle were literally hugging him and not allowing him to get to Joe Burrow it was incredible I'm like how do you not like seriously how do you at this point he's just got to laugh they manhandled him just like Wyatt Teller manhandled that one Cincinnati DB on the uh on the Chubb touchdown run the Browns need I, to pay figure out a way just figure out a way to pay Wyatt Teller just figure it out I know you can't pay everybody but you know, Baker struggling and getting injured the first half of the season might actually be a blessing in disguise because he's not going to be able to command a forty million dollar year contract. You know, maybe Baker's thirty, thirty-two million dollars, and that frees up enough money to go pay Wyatt Teller. When, it, uh, you know, if you were to pay Baker top dollar for a quarterback, uh, you wouldn't be able to keep Wyatt Teller. So we'll see. But they got to figure out a way to keep Wyatt Teller. That guy very, is an animal. Very, very sad if we cannot find a way to keep him on the roster. Yeah, I mean, when we did the Browns fantasy game where we drafted yeah. the players, like he was my second choice. Yeah, you know, and Nick Chubb was my first, oddly yeah. enough. You know, smash mouth football. Well, that's know? I mean, that's that's the Browns' bread and butter: offensive line and running the football. I mean, you got one that you name you just named one of the best guards in football, and we all know how special Nick Chubb is when he's healthy. Um, he proved it today. I mean, he just that that seventy yard touchdown run. It was like he, it was it, he just like ran through an alley and he wasn't even touched. And then he just cut it back. Like he ended up he he ran he ran off tackle to the left, and the touchdown he ended up on the right side, in between the hash and the number for the touchdown. So he like he ran off tackle and then was just like, see ya, sweetheart. Um, yeah, it was incredible. What a game. What a game. Um. You know we're not a, we're not a Bengals uh, podcast, but I got to get this in because I've been getting it from uh, my family. My uh, uncle Tim, shout out if you're listening. He's been a big uh, Joe Burrow proponent and a Baker Mayfield detractor. I think he's just I think he's just I think he's just trolling me to get under my skin and get me pissed off. But uh, let's just let's just call for what it is. Baker Mayfield is now six and one against the Cincinnati Bengals in his career. He is now three and zero against Joe Burrow. In his career, um, Baker Mayfield owns the Bengals, and this was the the biggest blowout of the bunch, I think. Yeah, because the yeah. two games last year were fairly close, fairly close, thirty five, thirty, and uh, yeah. thirty eight, thirty five, or something like that. De- Speaking of it, you know Donovan Peoples Jones, he must really like playing in the jungle. He loves he's, playing in Cincinnati. He's, he's made some, you know, yeah. 
He's made some huge plays in that stadium yeah. the last two years. Had the game-winning catch last year, and then today uh, had that giant touchdown that blew the game open. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm not going to hate against Joe Burrow. I think he's a good quarterback. I think people are overrating him a little bit. Um, he was not good today. Uh, threw a couple interceptions, like we said, was just trying to force the ball to Jamar Chase. And I think you're going to see a lot more of what the Browns did defensively uh, against the Bengals from other teams down the stretch <coughs> is they're going to take Jamar Chase away and they're going to be like, okay, Joe Burrow, let's see if you can beat us not throwing to J Jamar Chase. Uh, because that's the bread and butter. That's their offense. And if they're not able to do that, like you saw today, uh, they don't have a lot of answers other than throwing the ball to him. CJ, CJ uh, Uzama's had a great year, but I think that comes off of so much attention going to Jamar Chase. I think the Bengals were smart. They put a little bit more of the load on Joe Mixon, to be honest. He, 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 he was, was good their today. best player today. Yeah, 100%. He was good today. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I just think uh, Zach Taylor being their head coach and Joe Burr being their quarterback, uh, they're going to be pass, a pass-dominant offense. I would be just fine with that. And I, think, I don't that, think the Bengals will keep up if they do that. Exactly. I think that's that's and you're starting to see it now. They're starting to fade after that great start they had when everybody was crowning their ass. And what and what's gonna happen inevitably? I mean, today it was you know sixty five, seventy degrees, it was sunny, but like how many more days like that are we gonna have? Not a lot you know, going forward from here. And they don't play another game for two weeks. They have a bye week. So by the time they come back, that's certainly not gonna be the weather. Yeah. Even down there in Cincinnati, mm. uh, which is a, which is more southern than here in Cleveland, and they're not on a lake. But, um, yeah, I just – I don't know. I was not impressed with Joe Burrow at all today. I don't think he has a very strong arm. Um, if you're able to – if you're able to shut down Jamar Chase, I, I, I don't think he's that great. Is he good? Sure. But everybody crowning him and saying, oh, he's the – he's – you know, between him and Lamar Jackson, who would you who would you rather have? You know, and they just forget about our guy. And I'm sorry, I know he's had an up and down season. He's playing basically with one arm. Is it a credit to the Browns' style and how good Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, when he's healthy, are that people don't give Baker Mayfield the props that perhaps oh, he deserves? Oh, 100 percent. Because very rarely does very rarely does Baker have to go into a game thinking that he's got to throw for 300 and three touchdowns. Joe Burrow has to do that for the Bengals to win. Pretty much. Um, even though, like you said, they, they probably should give the ball to Joe Mixon more. But their offensive line isn't very good. So a lot of times they, you know, it's they got to throw the ball. It was a year ago. It is. Yeah, it is. I mean, is it as good as the Browns? No. But, no, you know, but is it the, who's, who's the is total as dumpster fire that was a year ago? No. It Whose offensive line is as good as the Browns? Nobody, really. I mean, when they're 100% healthy, which they haven't been all year today, or all year. There's nobody. I mean, there's no offensive line of football better than the Browns. I, the only team I've seen this year that has been as good up front as the Browns consistently week over week is probably the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, but uh, you know, again, they're they're, but you know, they're seven and one. They're, looks like they're going to be eight and one after today. We'll get to around the league later where there was a lot of weird results. But uh, but yeah, I mean, to your to your point, I mean, the Browns are definitely top three. I would say in that department, it's actually kind of a travesty that the team's record isn't as good as it is. But again, that's yeah. part of defensive or special teams letdowns in some of these other games. Yeah. So, what did uh, what did you think about the second half when it when it um, it seemed like it was tailor made for the Browns just to start sucking clock and running the ball once they had you know they had a multi multi score lead in the second half and uh, Kevin Stefanski was just insistent on continuing to throw the ball. I don't know if he was trying to prove a point that, you know, our offense is great and we don't need Beckham anymore, or if he was trying to set a narrative that way, or if he was just trying to keep the Bengals off balance. Well, I, I, you know, I certainly that hope that run and then your first passed, point's not the case. I certainly you know, hope not that because that's ridiculous if that's um, keeping them off balance. Yeah, maybe. But I, I think, I think keeping them off, keeping them, this, this is when, like, this is when we were up, uh, was it thirty one? This would have been like thirty four ten or thirty four sixteen, perhaps. No, I think it was thirty one to ten. Okay. Um, so Browns got the field. You get the next field goal like almost immediately after. Yeah. The, the and even Chubb touchdown. It was even like when I texted you guys about it. It was before the touch the Chubb touchdown run because yeah. after Chubb, he did come out throwing a lot on the first drive of the second half, which yeah. I did think was a little bit unusual. But 
Yeah, they, I guess I'm nitpicking. That that's what I guess I'm nitpicking a little bit. Again, a hard press for me to uh, try to complain about our play calling when we scored 41. I'm seven points is the defense scored, but 41 points uh, on the game. So I don't want. I didn't want to harp on it too long, but it was a little weird to me when we were still um, intent on throwing the ball in the second half. In like obvious like running situations, like first and ten, we're we're dropping back to pass. Like why? I I don't know. But that all to say, uh, obviously, I'll take a twenty-five point win on the road against anybody. Yeah. So uh, credit to and and this this I wanted to say about Kevin Stefanski, and I wanted to give him the utmost praise and credit. This franchise and this organization was thrown into like the seventh circle of hell this week because of distractions and off the field disgruntled wide receiver wanting to be out and you know videos being released and your quarterback having to answer for the videos being released and then the disgruntled player just ghosting the quarterback and the head coach to get himself out of out of town the browns didn't trade him by the trade deadline and then after the trade deadline they you know there were all these rumors about uh negotiating Odell Beckham Jr.'s release from the team, and they ended up not releasing him until Friday. And all of this stuff swirling up, you know, players coming out saying that they want OBJ back, and, you know, all of this stuff, especially with a team that had just come off probably their worst loss of the season in the in the manner and fashion in which it happened against their their chief top rival at home. <clears throat> you very easily could have seen the locker room splinter a little bit with everything going on, coming off that loss and everything. And I give Kevin Stefanski. Yeah, you could have easily seen the the locker room, you know, it diverge would have been, into Team Baker versus Team Beckham. Right. And, and, and it would have been very easy for the Browns to just come out and lay an egg Yeah. today. And I, I need to give Kevin Stefanski and the leaders on this football team all the credit in the world for – Instead of letting this come apart, because the Browns season was at a crossroads today. Oh, big time. You lose today, you go to four and five, oh and, oh, and two, two in the in division. The North. And you lose another AFC game. I mean, it it, it it would it would have been like climbing Mount Everest to to make the playoffs the rest yeah. of the year. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's how much last week hurt. Yeah. To put us into that type of a situation. Yeah. You know, this one is is completely opposite of that. It, it yeah. gives you a new lease on life. New lease gives you hope. Week gives you hope. Um, yeah. So I uh, going back real quick to your uh, previous point about the the play calling and the, and the mix of plays. Mm-hmm. The Browns threw twenty one passes today. They they rushed it twenty three times. So they were pretty much you know fifty fifty in terms of play calls. So it's yeah. not like they got too far. Too heavily slanted one way or the other today. I mean, maybe at certain points of the game it felt that way. Well, I think I, I think near the end of the game they once they 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 ran the ball a lot more. How many carries did Dearness Johnson have? He had eight. Yeah, seven of those happened in like fourth quarter with like five minutes left when we were up forty-one sixteen. Mm. Um, so before that, let's say hypothetically, it would have been twenty-one passes to sixteen runs. Which I yeah. still don't think is bad. And it was just well, right? I I agree with you, it, but it was just a weird game in 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 that. We scored a ton of points, but we didn't possess the ball hardly at all. No, well, because it was big plays. We had, we had a, we had a sixty yard touchdown. Bengals had a four minute drive, and yeah, then they well, they had a pick six. Yeah. Then yeah, would you say you know two play drive into the end zone on another occasion? Yeah. You know, and then again with the the, Chubb ba- touchdown the Bengals run. held the Bengals held the ball the entire first quarter, and then the Browns uh, got that sixty yard touchdown pass. They had a seventy yard touchdown run. Uh, they had a ninety nine yard interception return for touchdown. So it was it's it's a little bit like the like the 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 play split and like runs to pass and stuff like that was thrown off completely because the Browns barely possessed the ball. Um, it's one but, of those games where time of possession is kind of a, a stat that really doesn't even matter because if you're yeah. giving up sixty and seventy yard touchdowns, you're just not going to win. Yeah. So, but but getting back to I, I got to give Kevin Stefanski all the credit in the world. Um, that guy and and this team. It almost seems like every time that they are to be counted out, they always punch back in the season and a half that he's been the coach. You know, you talk about uh, there was several instances last year, but the one that comes to mind is the playoff game where, and I'm going to give him credit for this because he had to get the team ready throughout the week and whatever and all that, but 
Kevin Stefanski didn't even make the trip to the playoff game in Pittsburgh, and we whoop up on him without our head coach in the playoffs in Pittsburgh last year. Um, you had a couple games. There's already been a couple games this year. You know, we didn't – coming off of that gut check loss against Kansas City uh, in the first week, yeah, we didn't look incredibly well against – incredibly great against Houston the next week, but we came back, bounced back, got the job done. We've only lost more than one game in a row one time under Kevin Stefanski, and it happened um, – was it the Cardinals game, I think? And they had to play Arizona. Yeah. And that yeah. game was just—I mean, everybody on our team got hurt during that game. It was just—it was just a, a complete firestorm of things going against us. But and by the way, again, thanks NFL for that seventeenth game. Yeah. yeah, real nice. Well, in in their defense, nobody knew that Arizona was going to be good this year. I mean, it, we saw that game on the schedule. I'm pretty sure all three of us, Ryan projected included, that to be a victory. Projected that to be a win. <laughs> so I'm not going to blame the NFL on that. Nobody knew that 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 uh, Arizona was going to be good. But anyway, I just want to give Kevin Stefanski his due credit and his just due on today's win because that guy got his team ready to play after a complete sewer drain of a week. And the Browns came out and against a team that everybody has been crowning so far this year and whooped the crap out of them. The offense played well with big plays. We ran the ball. Baker played really well. Baker had 132 uh, quarterback rating today. Uh, had two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, the defense was outstanding today. Outstanding. Creating turnovers. Uh, I don't know how many sacks we had, but we had a number of sacks. Uh, Joe, Joe Mixon got loose a couple times on some runs, but for the most part, you know, we didn't get gashed in the run game very much. He, I think he had like one 20-yard run and then like another 15-yard run, but outside of that, um, we we held him in check for the most part. Um, he hurt us in the past game as well. He scored that touchdown uh, in the first quarter. But, um, you know, they locked completely locked down Jamar Chase. And if you lock down Jamar Chase, that makes Joe Burrow a much easier quarterback to defend. Um, they didn't let – C.J. Uzama, their tight end, has been killing teams uh, this year. The Browns – usually that's the Browns' bugaboo is, is, is defending tight ends. They really didn't let him get out and get loose today. Um, so I, the Browns played complimentary football today for the first time all year, and they played their best game of the year all year. Offense played well. They fed off the defensive. I think the Browns scored on every turnover that we got. I think two of them were field goals. Yeah. But we scored on every turnover. Mm -hmm. um, so we can defense does something good for the offense. The offense, in turn, thanks the defense and uh, ends up putting points on the board. So – that's complimentary football. Special teams were good. We had the one missed kick, but, you know, he's not going to make them all. So, um, Scottish Hammer, meh. We only punted a couple Didn't times. Didn't have to punt at all in the first No. Half, so. No. So, but I, I just want to cover all of our bases. Mm -hmm. um, who who gets your game ball today? Uh, Denzel. Yeah, I mean he he's first star of yeah, the game. Yeah, it's, it's 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 hard to go anywhere else. And then I mean, take your pick between one of the other two corners for second star. And then I don't know, probably DPJ for third star. That's or Nick Chubb. I, I mean, that's yeah. I think I, I honestly, he, honestly, I think you, I give it to DPJ just because of the whole yeah you know, stuff that happened right. this week. Yeah, that's not bad. I mean, I mean, if if we were to do the hockey thing and go three stars, I mean, you could go cornerback, cornerback, cornerback. Realistically, you could. I mean. Denzel has the pick six, and he locks up Jamar Chase for the majority of the day. Uh, Troy Hill, three sacks today as a corner. That's a are you kidding me I mean, it's kind a, of a stat. Yeah, it's like every time he blitzed, he was he was unblocked, and he got to the quarterback every single time. You have to wonder what was wrong with the Bengals' offensive scheme that they couldn't stop a corner blitz. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, credit, credit to Joe Woods for dialing it up at the perfect times. I mean, um yeah, and then Greg Newsom, while you're not going to see him pop up on the stat sheet with an interception or a sack or anything like that, but that dude is just locked in right now. I mean, very rarely do you see him uh, get beat or be out of position, and he's a rookie. That's played only about six games in the NFL because he missed he missed a few earlier this year in injury. Uh, I mean, yeah, like you said, Nick Chubb, DPJ, um, Miles, even though Miles just had a typical Miles game, he's just yeah. doing Miles things. That it's easy to forget about him sometimes. Very easy. Yeah, I mean, that dude's got 12 sacks in nine games. 
He's on pace Could to be break in the run that the NFL record. He is. He he's on pace to the well, the NFL record's twenty two and a half. He's right there. Yeah. He's he's on pace for like twenty three sacks. Michael I think it was Michael Strahan had twenty two yes. and a half. Yeah, he he broke the record when Brett Favre just like fell down for <laughs> that him. That random roll out to the right and then he just like fell down. He was just like falls at down. Him. Yeah. <laughs> so Miles Garrett, uh, he had a great game today. He was in the backfield a ton, getting held again all the all day. Still able to get a sack and a half today. Yeah, Peoples Jones and you know, Baker just played the prototypical good Baker game. I mean, there's nothing really that you can say that the Browns did poorly today, really. Nothing. Nothing. And when you do that, you Except win. Except being bad guess. That's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, so when you do that, you win by 25 on the road against a division rival. So It's always great when the Browns are playing on the road and you hear, here we go, Brownies, here we go, root, root at Fantastic. the end of the game. Well, they, you know? there was, I, I, would, I would venture to guess that that stadium was about 50-50. It certainly sounded that way. It, I mean, it's hard. I don't know it's hard. It was, but you can't tell by looking at it because both teams have orange in their color scheme. Yeah. So you can't like tell. But I think it was um, the first. T- yeah. The the PAT after the Denzel uh, pick six. Like when we when he hit the PAT in that end zone, that those sections in that end zone, like m- the majority of the people were arms up. It's good. You know, clapping and and cheering. So it was interesting. And then as the team ran off the field, Aditi Kinkamwala of NFL Network uh, posted a video of Baker running off the field, and it, it sounded like uh, we had just beaten the Steelers again in the playoffs. Mm. He really gets himself up for these games against Cincinnati, doesn't he? Oh, he loves it. It used to be the Hugh Jackson effect, but you know, it, yeah. I guess it's just even though he's not there anymore, it's it's carried. He's getting to be – it's going to take a couple couple more years and a couple more sweeps of the Bengals or winning three out of the next four or whatever, but he's getting to the point where he's the equivalent of Ben Roethlisberger to the Browns. He wins in Cincinnati like 10 in the next 12 yeah. seasons or something I mean, like that. He's, play, he's, he's played Cincinnati now seven times. He's lost once. And he's beaten Joe Burrow three straight the, – the three times that they played against each other. Mm-hmm. So Baker owns Burrow. Sorry to say, all you haters out there. So the Browns win, like we said, 41-16. Uh, Baker, after the game, was asked about uh, Odell Beckham Jr. He was simply quoted as saying, I wish him well. That was it. It's fine. Yeah, it's a good statement. That's all you need to say. Um, uh, what else was I going to say? Oh, before we go around the NFL, thoughts on next week? Patriots are getting hot. Uh, we go into Foxborough to play the New England Patriots. Uh um, if the Browns somehow win that game, they're going to be seven and four going into that first game against Baltimore. So I'll I'll actually just paraphrase from uh, from my dad, who happens to be on a beach in Mexico right now. Um, he says, you know, and actually, my my mother actually said that this game was about Baker taking back control of the team. Mm. Yeah. Can't disagree and with and that. for her, who really has no, really, for the most part, has very little rooting interest in the Browns, other than you know family ties and living in the city, that was her interpretation of this game, and I thought it was actually very relevant. Mm-hmm. Now, switching forward to next week, my dad says, uh, next up, beat that prick Belichick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He sent that text two minutes after the game went final today. <laughs> That's funny. They're down in Mexico, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, I uh this game becomes a little more you know earlier in the season it looked like uh this might actually be an easy game, but the Patriots have now run off was it four or five they've won I think. Yeah, they've won four out of the last five games. Same record as us. Three, they're f- and yeah, they're five they're and four just like us. Four. So this is a big and this yeah, is a big this, swing this game. Is, this is huge because New England guys they have, you know, it's very nice when you play in a division where you play two games against a team like the Jets and then two more games against a team like the Dolphins, yeah. who are terrible. The yeah. Browns have no such teams like that inside their division. No. So I don't know who all in totality the Patriots have let to play, but I would be willing to bet bottom dollar that they have an easier road than the Browns do. So well, I don't think if you want to finish in front of them, it'd be best to, to beat them head to head. I think they still have to play the – have they played the Bills yet this year? I don't think so. No, I mean, they'll, they have, have, to, to they'll have to play them twice. They'll have to play the Bills twice. And, I, yeah, I don't know who their who they're, they're out-of-division games left are. But, um, 
yeah, this is huge because the Browns have dropped a couple AFC games already. Uh, you know, obviously losing to Kansas City and the Chargers, and then you know, obviously in division they lost to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is huge for because if the Browns aren't able to uh, sweep the Ravens, you know, they might not come back and win the division. So there's a chance that they're going to need tiebreakers over some of these wild card uh, eligible teams in the AFC. And right now, you don't have one against the Chargers. No. And you don't have the same division. You don't have one no, against the Chiefs against either. The Chiefs. So whoever doesn't win that division, uh, you got one against Denver. I mean, I you don't do know have if one against Denver, but be there, but like, well, we'll talk about Denver it. They had a uh, surprising holy result today. smokes, yeah. But um, yeah, I I think the Browns are, I think the Browns are going to win on next Sunday. I I think they got their groove back today. They and, play anything anywhere near the way the way that they played today. I know Belichick knows how to scheme up against opposing quarterbacks like better than anybody ever. But yeah, I mean, the Browns are smart. They'll you know mix in some passes, but they'll they'll have a pretty heavy diet of Nick Chubb and and maybe Dearness Johnson and, and things will well they can run. There's they run a chance and misdirections better than just about anybody. I don't too. know if he's going to, but there, but uh, Kareem Hunt's eligible to come off the IR this week. We could be getting Kareem Hunt back. I don't. I I think he probably misses another game. And then uh, I don't know why you would bring him back against the Lions. So Kareem Hunt probably doesn't come back until we play Baltimore. But that would be the only reason to bring him back against the Lions is maybe get him back up to game speed a little bit. Yeah. Before having to play Baltimore. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I think the Browns can beat New England. I there's nothing that special about New England. They're a good team. I, don't get me wrong. I mean, they're they're still coached by Bill Belichick, and they're five and four. They've won four out of five. But I think the Browns got their groove back a little bit. I think they got their mojo back. And coincidence or not, it's because that 13 guy is no longer playing for the Browns. The numbers bear it out. You know, myself and Ryan talked all offseason. We talked about how uh, we didn't want to believe that Baker Mayfield is a better quarterback without Odell Beckham Jr. on the field. You can't argue with the numbers. You just can't. I mean, he's... Baker is numbers wise is borderline elite quarterback when Odell Beckham Jr. is not on his offense. When he is on the offense, he is the mediocre guy that the Browns are debating on whether they want to make their franchise quarterback moving forward. Not to say that that's that's entirely Odell's fault. I'm not saying that. But it's obvious that it wasn't working. It was never going to work. We're now two and a half years into that experiment. It was never going to work. It wasn't working. The The divorce and the separation had to happen between the teams. It just had to. And it was highlighted today with how the team played. Not not Again, not that, that that's Odell's fault, but the mere presence of him in the offense obviously was not working. And... We saw it last year after he got injured. We saw it today after, you know, he's no longer on the team. The Browns just look better when he's not out there. I and, yeah, all the numbers bear that out. And, you know, nobody probably you mentioned you and Ryan, nobody is happier about this Odell being gone now than your brother Mike. Because he said for two years that the Browns were better without him and that they should have just moved him. Yeah, and you know you know what's interesting. <laughs> and it's his birthday today and the Browns won big. Tomorrow. His birthday is tomorrow, tomorrow. The eighth. Like um but yeah no, no, you're you're hundred percent right. And it, it's funny because to start the season and you know when Baker was, was playing wasn't playing as great or whatever, Mike Mike's Mike was on the Baker bandwagon with me up until this year. And when things weren't going great the first few weeks or whatever, you know and some of that has to do with the injury and some of that has to do with the fact that him and Odell just could not get in sync. Mike was f- firmly off the Baker bandwagon. I can show you texts and all that. As soon as we realized this week that Odell Beckham Jr. was never going to play for the Browns again, Mike was right back on the Baker bandwagon. <laughs> right back on it. So, so maybe his issue, his issue was never with Baker. It was just with Odell. Yeah, and and to me, it's not it's not an issue with Odell. It's just that they just for whatever reason. And Aditi Kinkabwala again. I'm going to go back it's to the not NFL. A fit. Well, I'm going to go back to the NFL Network. Uh, Aditi Kinkabwala, and she said it. The Browns run a rhythm and timing offense. When Baker gets the snap, he knows what routes each receiver is running. So when he gets the snap and he turns, and 
and the play dictates that Odell is to run a 12-yard in, and he looks to his left for Odell and has the ball cocked and ready to go, and Odell's not there. Can't throw the ball. You can't Even if Odell is 10 yards open down the field, Baker has to then pump fake, and then with the issues we've been having on with health reasons on the offensive line, he's then he has an internal clock like, I got to get rid of the ball, or I got to start looking around and start moving around in the pocket. At that point, he loses Odell deep, and it just doesn't work out. So that 11-minute video of Odell being open all the time is complete BS because with the offense that the Browns run, timing, rhythm, guys need to be in their correct spots, it just wasn't going to work because Odell is a has been more of a freelance receiver when, yeah, yeah, he gets open, but he's not where he's supposed to be. So it's, you know, it just wasn't going to work, and it's obvious. And Odell and the Browns, uh, they mutually parted ways, and, you know, the Browns win 41-16 to in Cincinnati. So that's where we stand with that. Uh, but let's go around the league and uh, let's talk about some scores. Well, this was a juicy week around the league. I'll just briefly mention Thursday night. Indianapolis pounded the New York Jets. For, well, actually, the game it was 45-30, to 30, but it really wasn't even that close. The Jets um, scored a bunch late. So Indianapolis, you know, they get back to 4-5. and five. The Jets, after they beat Cincinnati the previous week, they just really took way too long to get going in this one. But if we go to... Today, again, the Browns 41-16 over the Bengals. That was a complete blowout. Mm-hmm. We had some really just bizarre results today. And I'm and a few of them, actually, it looked like it was going to be a completely bonkers day. A few of them ended up getting away from us uh, toward the end of the day. But I'll start in the Meadowlands. The Raiders, who are one of those teams that we're talking about, you know, the Browns don't win the AFC North. They may have to, you know, try to battle with them and other teams. And we do play Las Vegas later on here in December. The Raiders went to the Meadowlands to play the Giants, and they got beat twenty-three to sixteen today. So called that one. Know, that was one, and a yeah, good call right there. I, I had a few of them today, actually. You did. I you, need to look at. I need to your look. Your picks at the were scores. a little bit spicy today, and, so, and you hit on a bunch of so them. So two weeks ago, I go ten and three, and I'm like, damn, I wish that sports betting was legal in Ohio because I'd be making money right now. <laughs> and then last week, I go six and nine, and I'm like. Oh, <laughs> I come back to the pack. But, yeah, I went out on a limb on a couple of picks, and we're going to talk about another one uh, that we kind of alluded to earlier in the show. But, yeah, this was – this was, man, you know, the so, the Oakland – Oakland's had a similar couple of weeks with not, not the same level of distractions that the Browns had, but they've had some distractions over the last month, namely the John Gruden fiasco and then obviously what happened uh, this past week with Henry Ruggs. Um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I just I, the Giants. I can't figure them out, man. Because because at some points they look absolutely awful, and then they do what they did today. And yeah, the Giants are really getting to be quite bizarre. Yeah, really. they're so hard to. And it comes down to the play of their quarterback. Danny Dimes had a good day today. So Pretty much. Yeah, the Giants are are now three and six on the season. The Raiders yeah, so, fall to five and three. With right. It's not like it's not like the Giants are going to the playoffs or whatever, I but. Mean, the Raiders would have stayed in the tie atop the AFC with a win today. So yeah. this was this was not some small result there. Um, another another upset uh, took place down in New Orleans today. We talk about how New Orleans is just Jekyll and Hyde, seemingly. Well, they they were very much Hyde today. Uh, Atlanta takes them down twenty seven twenty five. You know, this is a team that just like beat the poop out of Tampa just a week <laughs> ago, and now they lose to Atlanta. Don't look now, but Atlanta's now 500. I know. That's incredible to me. They, to me, they, they, I figured they were going to be one of the worst teams in football. I and know. All of a sudden, they're now 4-4. Four, four. You know, New Orleans is 5-3. and three, So, geez. I mean, things are getting a little bit tight there. Yeah, that's, the one, that's when I think. That's when I think. <sighs> Wait, what was the final score of that game? 27-25. Oh, okay. So, I think, no. Yeah, none of us. We all lost that game because I think we all picked New Orleans we minus all had six. New Orleans. I mean, to me, that was like I didn't even have to think two seconds about that. I thought New Orleans would easily cover that yeah, game. Yeah, well, of course. I I had I had reservations because, um, you know they're they're starting Trevor Simeon at quarterback, but again, the Falcons are another team where you just can't figure out. I mean, it's you know talking staying in the AFC, the NFC South here, the Carolina Panthers who. 
you know, if you think, remember way back to September, they started three and zero. They're now four and five. They got beat up pretty badly at home today by New England, who the Browns play next week, twenty four to six. New England has now won four of the last five. You know, they were looking like a team that you know looked pretty bad in the first month of the season, but they're really. I think this is another on. one I got wrong. You know, I, I did too. You know, damn it. So I've gotten. I've actually the last three games the Patriots have won. I picked against them every time. Yeah. So. You know, I guess I've just been too much of a hater on them, to be honest. But, I, you know, I guess we'll find out next week, you know, when the Browns go to Foxborough. We will. Now, uh, just very briefly, there was a there was one of the contenders for toilet bowl game of the season as the Houston Texans played at the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, this Dolphins. is the uh, – this is the uh... – this is the pillow fight game of the year. A returning Tyrod Taylor Two, was seven game. totally Jeez. impotent today, and the Dolphins ended up winning was he? 17 God, I missed that. Okay, my week's not going to be that good because I missed that. <laughs> I thought for sure with Tyrod Taylor coming back that, that they'd be able to beat the 1-7 Dolphins. I but. was surprised that Miami was favored by as many points as they were, given yeah. given that Taylor was coming back. But, no, Miami wins 17-9, so they have two wins. The Texans only have one. This is this might ultimately end up. Texans may end up getting the last laugh here because they may end up getting the first pick of the draft because of this result. I mean, who Doug, knows? it's still a whales out from that. It's but. not going to result in a quarterback though because the quarterback crop in college football this year is brutal. Staying in the state of Florida, boy, did we have a shocker of a result in Jacksonville. The Bills only put up six points today and lose to the Jaguars nine six. How in the world did that happen? The Bills stink. Wow. Like, that is incredible. The Bills, who, they just put 35, 40 points on teams like it's nothing. Yep, not, and they only had six huh, today. Huh, not today. I think the reason this happened is that Josh Allen met his doppelganger today. Who's that? Josh Allen of the Jaguars. Oh, yeah. Who sacked a, him and the first time, him and forced a fumble. First time in NFL history, to, uh, a guy with the same name uh, sacked the other guy. Incredible. So the Jaguars, who were one and six coming in today, they take down one of the top teams in the AFC. Yeah, the Raiders lost a game today that would have kept them a crop top of the conference, and so did Buffalo. Yep. Buffalo is now just five and three, and oh by the way, they're now only a half game ahead of New England, which you said earlier on. So New England's playing for first place in the division next week. Yeah, it's like honest to God, like we're just seeing. I like, now I'll say I'll, I'll say this: I I did not foresee Jacksonville winning this game, but <laughs> I did pick them. I did I did pick them with the fourteen points to cover, which I mean was certainly a very fortuitous choice. That was yeah. another one where I was like, oh wow! I mean, there's no way Jacksonville's going to stay or near Buffalo. Well, <laughs> so much for that. Speaking of upsets, another big one in the one o'clock window: Denver. Goes to Dallas. Smacked them. Holds the Cowboys scoreless until deep into the third quarter. They win this game 30-16. to Smacked Cowboys, them. who previously hadn't lost since opening night. It was 30 to nothing in that game. I, I mean, like, really? Yeah. I have no explanation for that. I mean, Denver, this is a team that, you know... Is pretty offensively impotent most weeks. You know they go down and they just yeah, and their defense is pretty good. Full full disclosure, but they just made Dak Prescott and, and Zeke Elliott and company just look totally small today. Yeah. So the Cowboys were in a tie, really atop the NFC. They only have one loss coming today. They're now six and two. Denver is now five and four, which puts them in. It, I gotta tell you, the AFC West is looking a heck of a lot more parody-like and AFC North-like than we and any of us would have thought at the start yeah. of the season. I mean, Denver's 5-4. and four. We're going to get to the other teams. The Raiders, again, we already mentioned, they lost today. Every team in that division has a winning record. Uh, as of right? right now, that would be, well, it'll probably be the case after the day we'll get to the 4 o'clock window. Just like the shortly. AFC North. Um, and then we haven't even gotten to the best game of the four o'clock, of the 1 o'clock window yet. This one was the Purple Bowl in Baltimore Ugh. where... The the Vikings had a pretty decent lead early. The Ravens came back, took lead. Vikings forced overtime with a, with a drive that uh, concluded with a touchdown to Adam Thielen, which is 20 seconds left in regulation. And then the Vikings actually turned the Ravens over on the opening possession of overtime, but then can't get the ball moving. They go three and out. And you just knew at that point how this was going to end. And sure enough, a Justin Tucker field goal ends up winning it for the Ravens 34-31 to in overtime. The Ravens seem like just this 
they're, they've been living a charmed life. They did it against Kansas City. They did it against Indianapolis. And I don't, again, I don't know what it is about that building, but it seems like teams can get leads and they just cannot hang on to them. Baltimore's the luckiest team in the league. I will say uh, Hannah had a funny tweet about this game. She uh, she said uh, so something to the effect of I'm, I'm paraphrasing. So I hate I hate the Ravens because they're the old Browns, and then she also has personal reasons as to why she hates uh, the Vikings. Hmm. So she's like, so yay. <laughs> Basically, she didn't care. Who, she hates both teams, so she didn't care who won the game. Now, me personally, because I would have much rather have had the Ravens uh, lose, but she has personal reasons as to why she doesn't like the Vikings. Um, that's pretty, pretty. It was a pretty hilarious tweet. This would have been like, I mean, the only thing that could have made today better for the Browns would have been if the Vikings had been able to hold on and win this game. I oh, mean, that hundred percent. I mean, that would have just. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Instead, because of we would have, we would have gone, we would have gone from, we would have gone from, uh, like chaos erupting in that in Berea us being fi- us being four and four but last place in the division to after today we'd be a half game out of first and a half game out of the number one seed in the AFC in the conference a- after because everything, of, everything because else of Buffalo that and, and Las Vegas losing yeah 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 I mean the Browns had almost everything fall their way today except for this one yeah. you know that I mean maybe that was and just this too took, much to and ask, this one took but, overtime yeah but uh, I mean, we'll see Baltimore in a few weeks. But yeah, we uh, will. you know, that's why the next two games are so big. Because if you win them, you know, you'll be right on Baltimore's tail. Hopefully, you know, hopefully they won't be eight and two by that point. Right. But uh, anyway, going to the four o'clock window now. We mentioned Kansas City uh, and L.A. with regard to the AFC West. Right now, the Chiefs are playing the Packers. They are leading thirteen to nothing at halftime. The Packers are without Aaron Rodgers. He had tested positive for the virus earlier in the week. Yep. So, I don't know why Kansas City wasn't favored by more points. Maybe Vegas has just been burned by putting them wow. with so many. They're like two big and fourteen this year. They're like two and fourteen <laughs> in their last sixteen against the spread. I mean, they are. Yeah. They, if if they played if they if their record was uh, derived from how they play against the spread, they'd be uh, they'd be up for the number one pick in the draft. I mean, literally, it's like you could just go to some like high end gambler and just be like. Who are you picking this week? And you'd be just like anyone who's playing against the Chiefs, right? <laughs> you know, if you if you just faded the Chiefs every week for the last like fifteen games, going back to last season, you'd have made a crap ton of money. <laughs> you would have. So, but but it, it, but, is it look- may, but it may, but nobody ever would have done that because it makes no sense. Anyway, the Chiefs are up thirteen to nothing. They they certainly look like they're on their way to a victory here against Green Bay. If that yeah. if that were to hold up, the Chiefs would be five and four. The Packers would fall to seven and two, but would still put them near the top of the NFC. Right. I say near the top because the Arizona Cardinals are leading the the San Francisco 49ers twenty four to seven in the third quarter. There, it looks like they're on their way to a victory that would put them to eight and one. Why the Niners were favored in this game? I guess they people must have thought Kyler Murray was not going to play. Did he end something. up playing? Um, I, based on the score, I assume he is. But um, and actually, no, he's not. At least he's not playing right now because the Cardinals' last scoring play was a Colt McCoy touchdown. Yeah, he's not James Conner. Yeah, he's not playing. Colt McCoy. But Colt McCoy in this game is fourteen of seventeen for two hundred and fifteen yards and a touchdown. Some say some say he's a ninja. Rumor has it he's Superman. He's got the heart of a lion. <laughs> what a great song. If you if you don't know what I'm singing about, just uh search uh Colt McCoy uh uh was that nin- when he was serenaded by Jordan Shipley at his I wedding. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rubbing elbows with Tim Tebow. That was back when, right after they were fighting over the Heisman, right after uh, the Browns had drafted him. So appropriately enough, seeing as that our next opponent is the Patriots, probably my favorite game in Browns history was when Colt McCoy led the Browns to a stomping victory. Is that the nice throw, Tom game? The nice, the nice yeah. throw, Tom yeah. game <laughs> nice in <throw> 2010. Tom. <laughs> the Browns won 34 to 14 over yep. the Patriots. That was we were there. That was awesome. <laughs> that was the best. That was the best day ever. Honestly. That Colt McCoy touchdown run was absolutely incredible. That was absolutely <laughs> the one incredible. where he ran to the to the near side pylon right yep. underneath where we were yep. seating, pretty much. Yep. Yeah. Incredible. 
Anyway, so no real surprises in those other two games, but the third game in the 4 o'clock window is a bit spicy here. The Eagles lead the Chargers 17-16. There's 12 minutes remaining in this one. Wow. Um, I'm out in Philadelphia. Uh, this, go, go Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles, oddly enough, they've won all three games this season. All three have been on the road. They've, they've been huh. considerably – now they're playing worse teams on the road, I guess, but – um, we'll see if they can hold on here. The LA right now is four and three. If they win this game, they'll be five and th- oh, and hang on a second. Just as soon as I say this, the Chargers just found Justin Herbert just scrambled for an eight yard touchdown. So the Chargers actually just taking the lead 22 to 17. I'm assuming Boo. a two point conversion is coming up. Boo. But, um, if the Chargers win, they go to five and three. If they lose, they would fall to four and four, which would be even more help for the Browns. Yeah. Uh, but again, yeah, the, A- the AFC West is really bunched up. Yeah, you know, all these teams with four the and AFC five just, wins. The, yeah, the AFC just the feels AFC like North. it's cannibalizing itself. I mean, the Ravens have a little bit of an edge, but like not severely so. Yeah. Um, anyway, we got a good game coming up tonight uh, on Sunday Night Football. The Tennessee Titans, well, who I think are like the most disrespected team in the league, quite frankly, at six and two. Uh, are play, going out to SoFi Stadium to face the Rams at seven and one. I'll say this: Are I, are we ready to bury them because of Derrick Henry not playing? Or? I, I I don't know their upcoming schedule, but I think there's a chance that the Titans mo- might lose like five in a row, which would make the AFC South infinitely more interesting. Because he it, is their offense. Like Ryan Tannehill has been very good since he's been on the Titans. Ryan Tannehill has not had to play without Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. Like, we talk about Nick Chubb being good and, like, Nick Chubb. Like, Derrick Henry is the Tennessee Titans. He's not – like, they signed Adrian Peterson, like, 40-year-old Adrian Peterson to come in and replace him. I can't believe he's still playing. Well, he wasn't, but because of the Derrick Henry injury, they they brought him in and they signed him. I mean, yeah. If you were getting Adrian Peterson from 2008-9, yeah, sure. But Derrick Henry is Adrian Peterson from 2008-9. Like, they're done without him. Here's the thing, though. Indianapolis is only 4-5. and five. T- Titans already have a head-to-head victory against them. The next best team in that division is Jacksonville at 2-6. Uh, right. Looking ahead, you but want, if they lose that division lead, they're not going to get a wild card. You, no, they won't. Uh, there's only going to be one team coming out of the AFC South, almost surely. Yeah. You look at the you, now. You asked about their schedule ahead. They play New Orleans next week. Who knows what kind of team New Orleans yeah. is from week to week? That's true. After that, the two of their next three games after that are against the aforementioned Texans and Jaguars. And oh, by the way, they're both at home. Mm. So their, their yeah. finish is not. And then they they get to play Miami at home later in the season and the Texans again. So this is the impact of the schedule, right? Yeah. Here. Here's if he, the Browns had the Titans schedule. Oh yeah. I mean, good grief. At the Twelve pro- wins minimum. Yeah, a hundred percent. So he here's the thing. Could they still gack it? Maybe, but I doubt it. If 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 the Titans can reimagine and rework their offense on the fly and become a, more of a successful passing team, because they do they do have AJ Brown. You know they have pass catchers. Uh, Julio Jones when he's healthy, although he's kind of glue factory at this point. Um, and Ryan Tannehill's a, a decent enough quarterback. But I'm not so sure that he's going to be a decent enough quarterback if they if he has no run game. So I don't know. I I guess we'll see tonight. To be honest with you, I don't think they would have beaten the Rams with Derrick Henry. Today's not going to be the the best measure. No, it's not going to be the barometer. The, the Rams are seven no. and one. The Rams are extremely good. I w- yeah. I would expect the Rams to win this game and go to eight and one. Yeah. Now if they if they play if if they beat New Orleans next week, even though New Orleans is down to um, Trevor Simeon at quarterback. That's more of a okay. Maybe we can stem the tide, and you know, I think the official diagnosis for Derrick Henry was six to ten weeks. I think they yeah. said he's he's probably closer to the back end of that, the ten weeks, which would put him out pretty much the rest of the season, yeah, a regular season at least. If they were able to, to squeak out and that, who division. knows how effective a guy would be coming back like right at the start of the playoffs? Right, exactly. So, you know, um, we'll see. Here's an here's an interesting angle. We talked about Dallas losing unexpectedly today. Green Bay looks like they're headed to defeat today. Yeah. You have two teams in the NFC West, in the Cardinals and the Rams, that have only lost once. Yeah. One of them is going to end up with a wild card. I know. So if you're Tampa, let's say, theoretically, Tampa 
Green Bay, and Dallas all have lost twice so far this season. You don't want to end up with that number four seed. No. And having no. to play either Arizona or L.A. in the first round. You know, round. Even, even though that would be a home game, you but wanna, no. You don't want to yeah. do that. No. So there's going to be a bit of scoreboard watching and contentiousness among these other top teams in the NFC. If any of them fall off and they're looking at that number four seed, that, that is a losing proposition. Yeah, 100%. And right now, that team would be the Rams because they lost to the Cardinals heads head to up. Head. So, yeah. Um, and that that's the team out of the two I think that I would not want to play at I a, mean a, a, a wild card uh, a wild card round game uh, at home have that team come in no there's I mean just look at last year Tampa was the number five seed in the NFC they yeah. won the Super Bowl I mean the Rams have one of the best defenses in the league and they just added Von Miller to go along with the fact that they have Matt Stafford playing at an MVP level I mean. And there's rumors that that could be one of OBJ, OBJ's landing spots is L.A., is the Rams. Boy, talk about a situation that would be just tailor-made. Yeah. I mean, so we'll see what happens. I We'll see. But, uh, but yeah. Speaking of, so I can't believe we haven't mentioned the Steelers much in this podcast so far, but they are playing on Monday night at home F9. against the Bears. So the Bears are 3-5. and five, The Steelers took, are 4-3. and three. I took the Bears. Of course you took the Bears. Do you ever take well, the Steelers? Well, I mean, so I, I think the Steelers are going to win that game. I, I don't I don't think the Steelers won't cover the six. I don't I don't I don't think that the Steelers are good enough to blow out anybody right now. So I don't think they're going to beat anybody by a touchdown or more. Hmm. I guess I guess they cover if they win by a touchdown. I but, did have Pittsburgh winning by a touchdown, so I had the, the Yeah, so Steelers. if that happens you do, but I I don't know. I just not that I've done significantly better on picks this week. I mean at this if you're doing really well on picks this week, then congrats to you because there have been some really just bizarre results. Today. I picked a couple of the big the big upsets, but then I swung and missed on a couple of the ones I should have. Like I didn't I, I, I took the Browns, so that's that's a hit. Took the Giants, that's a hit. Ryan had the Bengals. Of course he did. Ah. He's a Miss, I won't say he's not here to defend himself. So he he was yeah he was he was doing one of those things that I do with our division uh our division um opponents where it's like okay I pick them and if they don't cover and more importantly if they don't cover and lose I don't feel bad about picking them because they lost so it's good I feel I feel fine about it but if I don't pick. A division rival, and they end up winning. That's like double whammy. Like last week. <sighs> thanks, so, thanks <laughs> for the call. <laughs> so here's here. This sums up just about everything about the AFC North right now. Mm. Two weeks ago, mm. after the Bengals beat the Ravens, they were in first place. They're now in last. Yep. At least for right now, Steelers could lose Monday night and could actually fall down to last behind them. But if the Steelers win, they'll go back into second place. So that just goes to show you how tight everything is. Yep. yep. Yeah, I mean, it, it is all to play for now. Browns, they go to Foxborough the next week. You got the Lions the week after that. And honestly, that looks like your only easy game the rest of the season. Everyone, There's a lot of swing games out there. Yeah. Pittsburgh again, Cincinnati again, Las Vegas. You know, who knows if Baltimore really is elite or if they're just living a charmed life and they're just getting every bounce going their way right now. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see in the next few weeks. But, we'll see. Uh, I mean, There's a chance Lamar could get hurt or he could end up getting COVID for the fourth time because he's not vaccinated. Who knows where this story is going to go from here because we've had just – we've had an unbelievable roller coaster over the last eight days. Oh, I, this, uh, the last eight days? How about the last nine weeks? This entire season has been a roller coaster. Um, you know, and I think it's going to continue. I, you, there's going to be twists and turns everywhere, you know? So we'll see. I, I don't know. I think the Browns found something. So I, even though we have a tough, tough schedule, um, to go the rest of the year, I don't think there's a team in the NFL that the Browns on their best day can't beat. I would agree with this. So Other than maybe, I mean. I mean, we got we were sh- outclassed against Arizona. We did. That's the only game where but they didn't look like they belonged to the same field. How many guys did we get hurt in that game? Oh, and how many guys? Oh my gosh! And how many guys did we have down going into that game? A bunch. I mean, Nick Chubb was down for no that Nick game. Chubb, Nick no Chubb, Kareem was, Hunt. Well, Kareem Hunt no, got hurt in that game. No, you had like six guys out Baker, on defense. Re- Baker re-injured Baker his shoulder healthy. in that game. You know, I would. 
the the biggest thing about the Browns. Yeah, we have a tough schedule coming up, and and we'll wrap this up because we're going long. Yeah, the Browns are starting to get healthy. The Browns at full strength now with the distraction gone on offense. I think can play with anybody. When we were in injury health three weeks ago, what did we say? We were three and three. We just just win two of the next three. Yep, they did. Yeah. It's annoying as hell that they didn't beat Pittsburgh. That the one was against but, Pittsburgh, yeah. And they should have won that game too. But like, yeah, they did the job. They they they're in it. Yeah, and you know it, it's to the point now where because the AFC is such a jumbled mess with teams that are four and four, five and four, five and three. You know, there's it seems like the majority of the conference is right in there. If you win the AFC North, you could be the number one seed. Yeah, but like, but like next week we're gonna say. Next week is a must win for the Browns. Week after that, we're gonna well, probably not against the Lions because we know we're going to roll them. But you know, that's if we if we want to get back and win the division, next week is a must win. The Lions game is a must win. The Ravens games are both must wins. Um, so it's just gonna it's gonna be like it's almost like we're gonna be you're talking about winning the AFC North. Yes, yes. yeah. It, it's almost like we're gonna be in playoff mode for the rest of the year, and I think that's going to benefit us if we're able to get to the playoffs being in this mode. This, the whole second half of the season, we're going to be essentially feeling like we're playing for our lives. As opposed to a team Unless like, we rip off five in a row. As opposed to a team like the Titans, who have these, you know, yeah. or the Patriots, who have these, like, pseudo-off weeks almost in yeah. between, where they get to play the, yeah. the Jets, the Dolphins, and like, the Texans, like what, the and like what, it, what it seemed like Buffalo has had the first half of the season. I mean, how many times has the Buffalo had, like, plus four like minus 14 like spreads or something. Hey, Buffalo lost their bunny game today. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> no crap. But like they, they they played the Texans. Obviously they play Miami twice, but they but they were what? 17 point I think 17 point favorites against the Texans. They won that game 40 to nothing. Yeah. Uh they played Miami. I think they were another 14 16, 16 something, something like that. that, but and and this is their third game where they're 14 point or more favorites. Yeah. And they lost one That's of them. That's a function of the schedule. And they lost one of them. So, ha. Uh, I, I have a grudge against the Bills because of them losing to the Steelers. You, we should have a grudge, grudge against teams like the Bills and the Titans because they have life easy. And the and the Colts for blowing a 19-point fourth-quarter lead at Baltimore. Yeah. Well, but anyway. Browns won today. Big win. We are excited about it. Um, we're feeling good. Next week, huge game in Foxborough against the Patriots. Uh, Browns win that game, and they start to look to be in very good shape. Um, so we're going to leave it at that. Defense, outstanding job. Secondary, you guys get the star of the game. Game ball goes to Denzel Ward, I think, from both of us. Uh, Baker, way to step up and uh, play well today. Stefanski, awesome job getting the team ready to go and play today. Uh, nothing to complain about this week. So uh, we will leave you with that. Browns 5-4 and four win at Cincinnati, 41-16. Follow us on social media at the LOTL podcast. And for Steve, I'm Dan. You've been listening to the LOTL Browns postgame show. We'll talk to you next week. See ya. Bye.